leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. The pharmaceutical industry appears to have lost ground in 2015 on the ongoing debate around drug pricing, a problem that Christopher Bowe sees in part as a failure of leadership within the industry. In a recent guest column in Forbes, Bowe, who advises industry CEOs on communicating their strategies and ideas, argued that the industry needs CEOs capable of reframing the discussion with fresh ideas, forging new alliances, and disrupting existing business models. We spoke to Bo about this leadership vacuum, why it's critical for the industry to move beyond its tired arguments, and what it needs to do to rebuild trust and credibility with the public. Chris, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you, Danny. Uh, Happy to be here. In a recent guest column in Forbes, you talk about a leadership vacuum in the pharmaceutical industry that 2015 was the year of the anti-leader and the industry as a whole paid a price for it. What do you mean by the anti-leadership? Oh, it's, uh, well, I guess when you look back at 2015, I was just amazed to see that um, some of the some of the personalities and and more importantly these personalities were backed by ideas too with ideas um, some of these personalities that burned the brightest um, uh, were were taking or at least casting a a, a dark light on the industry it was uh, it was almost like um, uh, taking it in a direction that was uh, seemed more personal than uh, for the greater good. And um, it, it, it didn't seem like a leadership that was striving to answer new questions. And so it was almost like working, uh, I, I guess the way I originally conceived it in my mind was almost like an antimatter to matter. You know, there was a, a, a matter of leadership that could get us all to the place we all want to be, uh, which means, you know, people get new drugs and everybody's happy with the system and, uh, you know, value is understood. And then this, the situation that we had, which was almost like a mere image of that, where people were uh, scoffing at that or uh, just, uh, you know, sort of coldly saying that the way the industry operated previously was wasting money and the only thing it was really all about pricing and money and acquisitions uh, in, in the core. So... I, I looked at it and I was just astonished and then uh, at that and just thought, wow, you know, where is, uh, where's the, where's the person stepping up 
with new ideas uh, on the side of, of matter instead of antimatter, you know, to continue my analogy. Well, the, the issue of pricing of drugs has been a storm that's brewing for a very long time. While the outrageousness of, of someone like Martin Shrikili, known in the popular press as Pharma Bro, gave the public someone who could remove abstract arguments of innovation and, and value and of high-risk R&D and make it simply about greed. There, there were certainly other companies in, in that mix as well. You don't have to dig too deep to find, find those examples. Do, do you think this has, in a material way, changed the, the policy discussion around the pricing of drugs? Oh, I, I do. I, I think I mentioned in the piece, uh, at least I've, I've mentioned it before, that, I mean, part of the Turing conversation, I, I thought, and uh, was that it, it was strange, it, not strangely, it sort of like openly uh, cracked open the Pandora's box on U.S. pricing um, because suddenly people were free to say, well, if this is the way someone's operating uh, and, so, and someone's operating like that, kind of implying that working with just normal, everyday constructs of the industry, that it must be far more pervasive than people realize, whether that's true or not. But we all know that there are consistent price increases on older drugs in the industry. It's just, it's been part of the model. Uh, so, yes, I, I think that, I think this did change the, the policy discussion, or at least uh, just put the industry, I mean, I guess in at, at minimum, it put the industry in an even further defensive position of which it continually uh, tries to uh, operate from. And and I guess the the basis of everything that, that I put forth in the piece was that I kind of see it time for uh, getting off of the defensive and going on the offensive. And the offensive could be like, trying to solve some of these issues for everybody because the defensive seems to be we just want things to stay the same. Well, you say we need a new kind of leadership, a, a pharma CEO who on his own would frame the future. Broadly speaking, what do you have in mind? Well, uh, we'll just let's step back and look at what, what the, the sort of the, the anti-leadership side I put it, it just one thing that really struck me was that this was a small, tiny company and CEO, private company, that everyone became so fascinated by. I mean, and I know that, you know, there's a certain drama that the media likes. I'm, I'm well aware of what drives a, a story. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's really incredible when you think about it that such a small player in all of this would get such attention. And secondarily, there was this long, you know, fairly recent fascination with Val Valiant with its, you know, this is the model, the, you know, this is the model, we're doing a new model. Um, and uh, fairly cynical, that's my opinion, uh, in, their, in their new model view. And so, but at the root of all of that are new ideas. And I, my belief is that aside from the usual just media interest in drama and controversy, that there was another kernel of interest for everyone, taught in, and including all stakeholders and audiences for the industry, and in that they were interested in somebody putting forth new ideas. There was airtime for that. And so, in my view, that means that 
there there must be there's got to be airtime for a for a positive view of the future new ideas like um how do we talk about price uh what kind of transparency should we uh talk about when we talk about price um what kind of policy initiatives might get us to a place where everybody's happy uh well, what kind of models can we do where maybe uh, we can we can talk about a different pricing structure, but up to, uh, you know maintain the the legacy profitability of the industry. Um, uh, I don't hear anyone talking about that, you know, and and so those are just uh, you know off the top of my head ideas that the kinds of things that I think there's probably an audience for people. There's this idea, you know, anybody putting out a, an idea that seems to be brazen gets a lot of attention. Well, what about an brazen idea for the good? And uh, I hope that answers your question. But that's well, kind of what in, I'm talking in about. outlining the things that a, a leader needs to do, the, the first thing you say is they need to say something new, which yes. I think speaks, speaks to the fact that this industry has really, lacked to use its own language innovation in, in answering this this issue yes uh and and it just seems you know no matter right or wrong uh that it, we all know that you know things exist in a gray area not black and white but right or wrong about the the cost structure and how the costs and pricing works in the industry in the current model people have stopped listening they 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 just they they tuned it out, uh, and I, I just think that now it sounds to them like a defensive uh, excuse for keeping the way that you know keeping the things the way they are and the same, and so and and anybody talking about you know there are a couple of interactions out there in uh, in reaction to the, my piece about maybe certain people doing some things out there in in the industry certain leaders and and to me it just seems still to be all nibbling at the edges um i'm not talking about ripping up their business model or, or in their entire company no board or shareholders would support that but you know uh, where's somebody talking about a new pilot project or saying something new about what the industry is all about or saying something new about um, maybe a new path forward, uh, a new vision for what the company or the industry should be uh, in the future. You also say the industry needs to build new allies. What, what's your thinking there? Uh, well, my thinking is is that the, the, the skeptics and so-called, I guess, for lack of a better word, enemies list is just too long. And at some point, you can't you can't go on with people lining up on the other side. I mean, we've all had conversations with families and friends who don't have much exposure with the industry, and even they'll say, well, boy, as a consumer, I just don't know what's going on. I hear all this stuff. And so my view is that there's there's probably people that maybe companies or the industry see as not, not friendly or particularly maybe a little bit antagonistic that could be uh, – that you could get to work together and and working together might include some compromise uh but to have them you know get people who are involved in keeping people healthy um doctors seem like a great place to start um and just uh, build some new build some new coalitions um with with ideas to maybe change things that i say like to to disrupt things down the 
down the road. Uh, but that's going to that's going to take a little bit of uh, listening to the other side. And, and another thing that's really important is that to build allies, it's, something's got to be in it for the ally too, which means you know listening to their ideas too, and maybe coming out and saying this is a coalition to solve or explore some ideas on a new model or a new way of uh, uh, pricing drugs in a certain area. Um, it, uh, it just seems like there's so much room to to explore still, that, uh, and yet you hear so little movement in that area. Well, you talk about the need for a, a new business model. I, I'd argue the industry needs to acknowledge two things in that regard. One, that Big Pharma has been bad at cost-effective drug development, that there's been gross inefficiency that they haven't been able to fix, and that M&A as a whole has been a costly strategy for building companies. Yes. What might new models for pharma look like? Well, first of all, it goes back. I wrote a note to myself before before talking to you about that. When you, when you think about the model overall, it just you know, it, it's all about cost structure, isn't it? So in some way, delivering medicines that work and that people see that are valuable with a different a different cost structure to it. Um, other industries have, have wrestled with this, uh, this issue. It just seems that this idea that you know, the pricing narrative is, uh, what we've seen recent pricing narratives that uh, oh, they're, the, the narrative is that they're based on the pricing of the old drug. Well, that just seems to be, that's no narrative at all. It just seems like that that's basing your entire pricing structure based on a 50-year-old model. And when the when just about the entire world is telling you that that model's got to change. So uh, I guess the, the, to sum it all up, to, to really answer your question, is that um, I, smart people have to be able to come up with a better, faster, cheaper, um, because essentially that's what people ask, are asking for, aren't they? Uh, better drugs, faster, and uh, at a lower cost structure. And yet, I, I don't see a whole lot of like pilots. And when you see, when you read, uh, uh, you know, corporate white space or you know, corporate transformation and disruption experts, they're always talking about, you know, no legacy model will ever allow the resources and thinking. They'll just strangle the resources and thinking for anything new that's, that'll change its model. And so I've mentioned it a couple of times. I just don't see a whole lot of talk about even pilots, about this is, this is a separate pilot of a completely new structure or model uh, where we can lower the cost so maybe the pricing structure is different or lower the cost of of developing these things so um, you know the, the, that we uh, the U.S. doesn't bear all the cost of development, etc. Well, the other issue I'd argue the industry needs to wrestle with is transparency. I think GSK's Andrew Witte has been ahead of his counterparts on this one and shown some leadership. Do you see this as a big issue? Uh, tr- transparency, um, yeah, well, it's it's an issue that's for sure because everybody believes. Uh, not everybody. That's a, that's a strange way of saying it. But there are a lot of outs, uh, outside audiences that believe the industry isn't transparent. And the fact is, is that you know that the pricing structure is not transparent at all. Um, and which 
it, you know, one of the things that came up with, um, I remember it was sort of another seminal moment, I thought, was when a, a, a congressional committee asked asked one of the hep C companies for, you know, how, what are the costs that went into all of this? And I thought, wow, okay, people are really starting to, to question this. So if, if you, if you remove the black box element, I think most people, you know, think that this is just some sort of weird black box where this stuff comes out and, and yet nobody's talking, or at least very few people are talking about the, the decisions or the, the, the elements that go into into making a price or coming out with a product, albeit knowing that it's very complicated, the market access, the rebates, the discounts, all of that. But um, yeah, just let's let's talk about it in a new way. Well, it's interesting you bring up the the Hep C drugs. You know, in recent years, there's been a shift in the industry's argument around pricing. In some regards, there's been a movement away from the issue of sunken R and D costs to the issue of value. And, you know, in that regard, Gilead's hepatitis C drugs, Sovaldi and Arvoni are interesting because, you know, I'm wondering about your thoughts and how Gilead has handled the controversy over the pricing of those drugs and, and whether the ongoing controversy suggests that the value argument isn't going to work for the industry. But it's an interesting question. I mean, the way the way I look at it is that it it's it's essentially an argument about slices of the pie, isn't it? So the value argument from the pharmaceutical perspective, say Gilead, is that, you know, you pay this money up front and we won't have all these downstream costs. Well, when you really think about that, all those downstream costs are revenue for really powerful constituencies, revenue for hospitals, revenue for doctors. So what you're talking about is an argument over slices of the pie. And hence, that's where, that's where the value argument gets really complicated for pharma. And, and in some ways, I've, I've, I've often thought that, you know, clearly nobody's listening to it's only a 10% spend on the total budget. Uh, if you really believe it, it's valuable, why not argue for more? And I know people would think, wow, that may be crazy. Nobody would ever want to, nobody would ever want to, you know, hear pharma say that we deserve more of the pie. But if if the value is there, then people are, we're going to have to talk about that. Uh, uh, the same with uh, it's. And to your point, it's going to come down with the gene therapy companies too, because the sole issue for them as well will be commercial reimbursement. You know, if you cure something, if if one of these therapies ends up curing something, that is a significant value long term potentially. And so how, what, how's that priced? How does the system work? And yet, you know, we aren't having that discussion and the value, the only, the industry's got to get in there and talk about value and what all of this is worth and transparently uh, get in, you know, present new ideas. Otherwise, uh, it just, people are going to keep saying that uh, they don't deserve the money. Well, in the end, much of this has to do with trust and credibility and, and the industry's need to rebuild this with the public. We're in an age right now where I think there's been an institutional breakdown in trust and credibility. Yeah. What should industry leaders do? Well, I, I, my view is that somebody's got to speak frankly. Um, it's, I, I, it's another sort of core thread, I think, through my, through my piece was that I'm just looking for someone 
to to step forward and speak frankly that there 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 are challenges and there's got to be a better way and maybe present an idea and if it's shot down you know then listen to the other side and uh, come up with n- uh, other new ideas. Uh, it, it, the only way to rebuild trust, I think, is is to present something new. Because obviously, it's it's just crazy to think that you know trust is going to be rebuilt by continuing on with the same deck. <laughs> you know, um, it's uh, nobody's going to change their mind with the, with repeating the same message over and over again that clearly hasn't worked in the last 10 years. Chris Bowe, who advises CEOs of the healthcare industry on articulating and communicating their strategies and ideas. Chris, thanks as always. Uh, thanks a lot, Danny. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, Subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.